When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of Judd's Hockey Show, which is, of course, Judd. It is Declan and our friend Jesse Pierce, who joins us every week to provide some insight on what is going on with your favorite hockey team. Of course, you can also find Jesse uh, with the Bar Down Beauties podcast that she does and NHL.com covering the wild. All right, folks, this is a great week. Trade deadline week. I love trade deadlines. I know people's lives are in upheaval, but that's what makes our lives fun. So I want to start here. Yesterday, Jesse, we get news that uh, Bill Guerin has acquired Marcus Johansson for a third-round pick in 2024 from the Capitals to bring him back to play on probably the second line. My guess is he's going to play on a line with Boldy. He then acquires Guerin does Gustav Nyquist, who for a fifth-round pick this year, Gustav Nyquist is out currently with a shoulder injury. Guerin wouldn't give you a timetable. I believe it was you who asked specifically Mm -hmm. on when he might be back. Clearly the hope, though, is the end of the regular season, and the playoffs. So I'll start with you, Jesse, and then to you, Dex. The deadline is Friday afternoon. Do you think that the Wild is done wheeling and dealing? No. And again, we, we've we talked about it before. I would have been fine if Garen didn't do anything this year. I would have been content with him sitting pat. And these two additions in Nyquist and Johansson, Johansson, obviously Minnesota Wild fans might remember from the 2021 season. Uh, They might not because he was hurt for the majority of that season. Uh, Nyquist has played against well. Those two guys coming in, it's for picks. So I think that's okay. I'm not completely against. You're not giving up a whole lot for them. The reason I think that there's something more to it is because Bill Guerin's always scheming. He's always cooking. He's always working up something. So I just have this inkling that, you know, maybe getting these two guys is to package and move elsewhere again. You never know. I mean, that could be a possibility. I just don't, not fully convinced that he's completely done. I mean, those names that we have floated out before, Sam Steele, Jordan Greenway, Matt Dumba, they're still on this team as of today at 12.06 p.m. a Wednesday. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see at least one of them part ways with the Wild by Friday. So if it was just Johansson, I think I would just be a little confused. Like, I get it to a degree. Um, and a third-round pick for a guy who you kind of know but is not the same player he used to be. He went on a great cup run with the Capitals when they won in like six years ago. And obviously he's familiar with Garen. He's been on numerous playoff teams, so I got that. But I didn't think that was going to be a needle-moving move for them. The Nyquist ones is really interesting, though, right? Like, he's still on IR. 
The league sent out the weird memo that, hey, if you're going to long-term injury these guys and then, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning your way into activating these dudes in the playoff run like Toronto and Tampa have done in years past, uh, there could be penalties there. But if Nyquist comes back, a guy who was really good in Detroit, maybe not the same prime player he was when he was with the Red Wings, all of a sudden, if you're telling me you add Johansson, you add Nyquist, you only give up basically one of your true draft picks, right? Because the because the Nyquist acquisition was the Bruins' fifth round pick that they threw your way just a few days ago. Well, all of a sudden, you basically just bought in two forwards to plug into your top nine, essentially, for all of a third round pick. So does it make the Wild like a legit Stanley Cup contender? No. Do I feel better about their roster than I did before yesterday took place? For sure I do. I, I, I think their roster moves a little bit better. But to answer Judd's question, I agree with Jesse that I think there's still something else potentially in the works here. It's actually pretty remarkable that there was so many trades yesterday and we're still, as we record this, about 48 hours plus from the deadline still taking place. So I think there's still probably one more move up Bill Guerin's sleeve. I feel like what both of you guys said is exactly right. I feel like there's one more move that we don't that we don't necessarily see yet. Like, I'm curious here. I don't think they're going to acquire another just guy to sort of just plug in. I feel like there's something go- going on, to use Jesse's term, cooking here, that Bill Guerin, you know, Bill doesn't, I give him credit at his press conferences, and I think uh, Jesse can attest to this as well. He doesn't really lie. If he doesn't want to answer a question, he won't. He'll just say, I, I'm because, you know, on, on Nyquist, when he was asked, is he skating yet? He's like, I don't want to go there. So, like, he just wouldn't. He, he didn't want to lie, um, but when, Jesse, when you asked Bill Guerin at the presser yesterday, uh, and just sort of jokingly, because the, the answer didn't come as a surprise, are you done yet? And he's like, well, there was a glint in his eye that mm-hmm. I saw that, that, didn't in, that didn't indicate to me that it's going to be like, I'm not done yet, and there's a fourth line guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I just to, as we, of course, love to do at Score North, recklessly speculate, Jesse... I feel like there's something else coming. I feel like it's going to involve Jordan Greenway going. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's necessarily going to just be a move for the rest of this season, which uh, to be clear, Johansson and Nyquist are pending unrestricted free agents. I just think that there's something bigger in the works here that Garen at least is going to try. It might not work, but mm-hmm. then he's going to try. I would completely agree. I think you're, and you nailed it. That would have been my add on to our previous statements that all three of us agree. And I think the player that he does bring in, should he do that is going to be a longer term player. I know people are still chirping in the background of Brock about Brock Besser. Is that what he's working on? Maybe I still don't see it. I still don't see the money and the financials working, but I do. I just think you're absolutely right. Bill, uh, Bill doesn't like to lie to us, but he, he also can give us the lip service appropriately as a general manager. I think the other tell for me was with Dean Evson post game as well. Cause we had the chance to kind of address him about the trades and you could sense there is going to be some additional movement. Now, naturally there probably has to be, you now have two extra forwards sitting out. What do you do with those guys? How beneficial is it going to be to continuously healthy scratch? Probably a Mason Shaw. And then I don't think we'll ever see Sam Steele play for the Minnesota wild again. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, you look at what Bill Guerin did, last year kind of out of nowhere, getting Marc-Andre Fleury in and bringing Jacob Middleton, Nick Delorier. I mean, and last year's team, again, completely different than what you're seeing from this year. Last year, he went all in. But this year, he still has belief that it's a team 
that can do okay in the playoffs. I think he's probably as honest with himself as the wild fan base is that they're not true contenders. You look at the Bostons, you look out East and those teams are Colorado who's now coming as well, or even Dallas. I mean, Minnesota's just not there, but that's okay. I think he is going to make it a very competitive run though. I mean, Bill Guerin, like any former or uh, professional athlete will tell you he's competitive. He doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. He doesn't want to be kicked out after the first round. You will, uh, you'll see him cook a little bit longer, better than Russell Wilson did in Denver for sure. <laughs> Dex, go ahead. Yeah. And if, if they want someone else that perks their interest, I know the Besser one's been the one that everyone's kind of been circling. He's the, the Minnesota ties and whatnot, but the contract's a little tricky. I think Bill will do it for the right. I don't think he's like desperate to get him. Right, like I, I don't think he's like chopping at the bit. If the right offer kind of approaches here as the deadline nears, then I think he could pull the trigger. I know Pittsburgh has expressed some interest in him as well, uh, Besser that is. So if something else makes sense, I think they're probably going to do it. But if it's Besser, I think all the stars kind of basically have to align. And kind of what Jesse is saying, I, I think at the end of the day, it just becomes a little bit too complicated. And is it a conversation that probably gets revisited in the summer when things might be a little bit easier to figure out uh, with 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 it being post the deadline and post cap space and all that situation, so curious how it all rolls out. But I think there is probably one more move up the sleeve. So th- this has also gotten weird because, like, this team what two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago was ten points out of first place. They were a fringe playoff team. They still aren't a slam dunk for the playoffs. But after they beat the Islanders two to one in a shootout last night. I believe they are one point right now as we speak out of first place in the Central and like two points behind the overall Western Conference leader in the Golden Knights. So I guess here's my question too, and I I can't get a feel for where Bill would prioritize this. But the reality is they still can't really score goals. Like they had one goal last night, and the Islanders basically did what you're going to see in the playoffs, which is they physically attempted to double-team and manhandle Kaprizov, which you should do. So my question is, from a scoring standpoint, who's left, and what would they, like, how much are they influenced now by being a point out of first place, but Colorado's coming, and the other thing is, are, are is Bill Guerin, because Dean probably is, is Bill Guerin convinced that this team can actually make a playoff run based on this run of games, since it looked like they might be sellers, three weeks ago or so at the trade deadline? I mean, I think it's a fair question. I certainly, and I, never, I think we could all agree that the way the Wild have played as of late certainly has maybe changed our opinion on who they are. I think they have finally just committed, and I hate repeating myself, <laughs> they committed to the identity we all knew they were going to be, this defense stingy team. And that's worked out for Minnesota Wild teams of the past, Judd, as you know, right? 2003, that squad yeah. was very stingy was. defensively. I mean, granted, yes, the league has shifted over to being a more high octane offensive game but if you have a defense like minnesota has been able to do with a goaltender like philip gustafson there you can still win some games again they're not the fun games necessarily they're the tight physical games that being said i i don't know i it, it is it's hard because you also you look at the players out there and what some of these higher bigger names have gone for how much does Bill really want to do? Because as you'd mentioned, sure, he might have a little bit more belief, but I don't think he's naive enough to say like, oh, this is the year the Minnesota Wild can go to the Cup. So you don't want to burn your future. And Bill Guerin has been very adamant about that. Even yesterday, he said, I'm not giving away 
our future of this organization. So I think he's going to remain steadfast in that. Um, you know, JVR is another name that I think people have been floating out there. That doesn't do a whole lot for me either. It's, I mean, he's kind of on the tail end of, of his career. So the answer is, I don't have an answer for you, Judd, which is rare for me. I like to pride I know, myself. you always do. I always have an answer. But again, I just, I'm kind of content with what, where they're at right now. I would have been content without the two additions yesterday. I agree with Dex, uh, Gustav Nyquist was on my fantasy hockey team for a couple of years when I did very well. He was, uh, he's a very, he has a lot of potential, a very, a lot of upside for as little as he got. So he's a little bit more exciting for me, but otherwise, I mean, I don't know that there's one name that I need to circle and say, Billy, go get our guy. Yeah. And no, they've basically added two forwards for the cost of a third round pick. So they've made themselves a little bit deeper. There's guys that are both those guys and Johansson. And if Nyquist comes back, have played in some playoff games too. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is it. I just think there's something else obviously still in the works to make them a little bit better. And thankfully, you know, to Jesse's point, you're not in the Eastern conference, right? Like if the wild were in the East, this would be a gong show. And I don't think we're having a very similar conversation because there's basically four to five teams. At least I look at in the East that I could say, yeah, they could win the Stanley cup in the West. It's a complete wide open race right now. You don't have to go through any of those Eastern conference teams until you're God willing in the Stanley cup. Uh, but I, I think I wouldn't be shocked if this is it, but I bet there's maybe one more thing to potentially make them better if Bill Grant wants to do so. Toronto has gone absolutely crazy. Kyle Dubas, <laughs> he's probably going to, to be fired because I don't think it's going to work, but I have, I, what I the hell it. is going on there? Yeah, yeah, I know he's made like six trades. Yeah, he basically- The amount of teams that have given up to thus far already, we're not even to Friday. Like, that's what's shocked me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Nashville, they've just given up. Columbus, obviously. Washington. Out. Washington. See ya, like it's just mind boggling. Yeah, it's it's pretty um pretty bizarre too, because Dubis is basically saying if I get fired, I'm leaving the next guy with nothing. Like I I no. and I kinda like it. He's just cleaning the cupboards yeah. out. Like that job's gonna be a terrible job. Yeah. You're gonna have nothing left and a bunch of age, you know, Ryan O'Reilly with his walker and the tennis balls on it is gonna come into your old folks home for the Leafs and be like, Hi everybody, I'm here. Um Let's talk about, and I feel like we keep going back there, but I can't help it at this point, Philip Gustafson. Um, okay, first of all, Bill Guerin, congratulations. I don't know what you saw coming here, but, I mean, this guy again last night, I mean, how many great A's did he stop? The Islanders, in overtime, I think they had like five shots. Parisi, Zach Parisi could have had a hat trick. Thank mm-hmm. God he didn't, but he could have had a hat trick. Um, Philip Gustafson has been, I think, one of the revelations, not just this season for the Wild, but in Minnesota Sports Acquisition Hall of Fame. Like, as <laughs> yeah. far as my my expectation being, oh, this guy's a backup, that's too bad. You know, Cam Talbot should have come back. I tweeted last night, they should send Cam and his wife thank you notes for alienating <laughs> themselves out of town. <laughs> Philip, I'm serious. Without Philip Gustafson, this team... I think is a wild card team right now. I mean, Flurry has not been he's not been consistent and I don't think he's been terrible. But this whole nonsense of Dean and the players being like our goaltending is fantastic. No, Philip Gustafson right. has been absolutely one of the stories, the unsung heroes of the National Hockey League season. And luckily for all of us, Philip Gustafson doesn't have a wife that can take to Twitter and stir the pot even more. <laughs> so that's a promising thing heading into playoffs. But I agree. I was going to ask Dean like that, but I, I didn't have the gall to do it because I wanted him to say, 
Philip Gustafson is your number one. There is not, (laughs) that's what I want you to say. Just tell me, like, you won't tell me it's a rotation. You won't tell me this. And I think the thing that works with it too is I've seen Mark Andre Fleury around the rink and it's not like he's whole hum pissed off. You know, of course he wants to play. He's Mark Andre Fleury, but I think that helps. I think he's incredibly supportive of Philip Gustafson getting this. I think he knows that Gus is playing better because Mark Andre Fleury wants to win games more than he wants to start them. That's the kind of player he is. And um, I think this love a bus more than him just stopping the puck. He has the same jovial demeanor no matter what. Like he is just straightforward. Yep, I'm just out there doing my job. I think I joked with him yesterday. Hey, you know, just another night at the office. He's like, yep, just a Tuesday, seven to ten. And like, you know, he's just doing his thing, and it's fantastic. It's it's so exciting to see because, like you, Judd, when the trade went down, as much as I wasn't on the Cam Talbot train, um, I was thinking, okay, well, Philip Gustafson's really going to struggle. Maybe Velstead comes up earlier. Whatever. I just didn't see it working. I was like, this guy is a bona fide backup, no doubt. Well, I ate my words. I ate crow. Whatever you want to say it, because he has proven wrong, and I think he just needed that opportunity granted the players in front of him are much better than what he had in Ottawa as well so certainly that lends itself but yeah I mean Philip Gustafson just continues to impress the saves that he's making are steady he sees the puck um, and again it's different goaltending than Marc-Andre Fleury which brings a good tandem moving forward here yeah I mean it's reminiscent of when they obviously acquired Dubnik at the deadline you know six seven years ago um, and basically saved their season now Dubnik ended up starting like every single game and luckily you don't have to run Gus Bus out there every single time your luxury is that now your new backup per se is Marc-Andre Fleury which is a good good thing to have in your back pocket I think I was telling you guys the last few weeks that even though Gus was trending in the right direction and Fleury was you know kind of riding this roller coaster that I thought push came to shove if they make the playoffs, they're probably still going to give to, give it to Flurry because he's the veteran and he's a Stanley Cup guy. At this point, no, there's no chance. I mean, there is there is absolutely no chance they do that. Now, you know, the, last year with St. Louis, right? They started Huso, who had a great year, kind of out of left field to a degree, and then they turned to Bennington. He ends up saving their series, and they move on to the second round. Obviously, however, the Wow get past a first round series, you would take. But it's a good luxury to have that if Gus Bus, who is probably in line to start the first two games of a playoff series falters or if they want to change, we got Marc-Andre Fleury behind him. And it's not just the tandem, to your point, of last year with Talbot and Fleury, which was two different guys, but it was kind of, it didn't feel all that great. And then the noise came in from the background and then became so much more of a distraction. Talbot's agent certainly didn't help the case either. It wasn't just his wife. Um, But I think with this situation, it kind of reminds me of St. Louis last year with Husso and Bennington. Uh, behind them and and it's a great problem to have that Mark Andre Fleury a Vesna guy who's won cups and has been in Stanley Cups before is probably your backup going into a postseason series I'm just absolutely uh, amazed every time I watch Gus now he's so technically sound he's so quiet and and just you're exactly right you know Fleury's fun to watch when he's playing well but I mean he's flopping he's he's doing the, the old school thing which by the way I love to see yeah. But when you watch Gustafson, and, and he was t- talking post-game last night about how he cheats sometimes and how he tries to, like, lure the shooter into passing by acting like he's prepared for the shot and, and then, of course, pushes off and slides over. All of those things, I mean, he just seems to have such a good plan. And I don't know if the coaching here has helped, if to Declan's point, just, you know, the sends were such a mess. Because uh, it's certainly not like he is not facing good shots here. Like, this is not... It's not like the Wild is doing what they did with Jacques in 2003 
where Roley and Manny didn't really face great shots sometimes because the team was trapping and the shots were all from the outside. We saw several grade A from the slot chances just last night. So I just, I marvel at his, uh, his style. And the one reason why I think, because I've been debating when the playoffs start, can he play like this? Like, you know, the pressure goes up. But the one reason why I think it might be possible is I think within his technique, he's so sound. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like it's a, it doesn't look, I should say, like it's a fluke. Like it doesn't look like he's just gotten hot. It looks like he actually has a strategy and a style that can be repeated. And so mm-hmm. like, that's why, you know, and I might be totally wrong here, but that's why when I watch him, I actually think that this is a guy that could get on a roll in the playoffs and, and be fundamentally sound enough to save some games. I'd agree. I think he's very methodical in his approach to playing the game without question. And I, I think he's the, the positive and upside of him, you know, goaltenders are quirky. He's not really that quirky. He's just no. kind of himself. And maybe that's the the good thing. I mean, you look at how many games he has earned that extra point for Minnesota by getting them into overtime, by getting them into the shootout. And he still remains strong, even in those situations. He's like, I don't feel any pressure. I just keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, again, we've asked him time and time again, not that he's going to give us a different answer, but it's like, well, what is it? Like, what is it about you? What's the secret sauce? And it's just him being him. And and the the plus side is he's a young goaltender. Again, a a good trade for Bill Guerin, as it turns out. And uh, I just, I enjoy having him a part of this tandem because again, you will see Marc-Andre Fleury probably get in there a little bit too, but I hope that Dean Evson rides Gus while he's feeling it. Yeah, you just sh- want Dean to say he's our number one goaltender. Just say Jesse. it. I was That's so all close you want. Asking Jeff, You're gonna go like, up and take him by the collar and be like, "Just say it." Yeah, take him by the collar and actually, you know what you should do, Jess? I know you love cooking with Jesse. You should make sure those knives, yeah. you know, are, are nice and sharp. And just, you know, if you have to put a blade by there, and, and you know what, you can go to Vivrant. You can go to mybaddullknives.com with all that cooking you do, Jess. Make sure those knives are sharp. And I see your Instagram stories. We see them all. Okay, you're making sure you got the great meals going off there. But someone like Judd and I, you know, especially when I moved in with my fiance with my serrated dull knives, okay, I needed some knife sharpening. I went to my guy Joseph at Vivron. He helped me out. Uh, it's okay to admit that you don't know what you're doing with your knives. And you got to have some sharp knives for cooking so you're not mashing that stuff. Go to my bad dull, or MyDullKnives.com. It's in the YouTube bio below right now. Go get those knives sharpened. And if Jesse wants to take one to Dean just so he can get the dang answer out, no, do don't whatever you do. Him. No, no. Judd doesn't don't condone want her this. She I has do. kids. I do. It's okay. Whatever we have to do to get this answer out of him. But okay, go to Vivrant. Go check them out and go check out our guy Joseph. That's I'll very, take one for scary. the team if it gets us the answers we need. The answers <laughs> we'll do whatever need. need. You can't handle the truth, Dean. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. In the press conference that Bill did uh, after the two trades were made yesterday as well, you guys, he mentioned the fact that he is, and was asked about this, that he is comfortable with the blue line. He said, I'd like Brodeen back. No, duh. And it sounds like Brodeen's not going to be playing anytime soon, but it's not going to be long-term. Read into that what you will. But that being said, how comfortable are you with the defense right now? Uh, Brodeen coming back is going to help a ton. But I'm just saying... John Merrill, to me, they play him every single game, but there are some times where I'm like, oh, boy, Goligoski is still an older guy. Addison last night, so he was the second guy on the ice in OT defensively, which I do applaud. He should be, not Goligoski. But that being said, he also got outworked for a puck through a, through a half-hearted cross-check that didn't get called, and Gustafson had to make a big save. Now Kalen came down after that and damn near scored. So that's the good side. But how comfortable as we approach Friday are you with the defense with Brodine being out for a while? Um, I think you said the the big concern I have is John Merrill. I think you're just seeing night in and night out egregious turnovers. You saw one that uh resulted in their first goal from the Islanders by Josh Bailey after he just got outworked and out hustled by Josh Bailey. So I think but then again, you look at it, that's your bottom pairing. How much should a bottom pairing truly impact your team? Probably not that much. I think once Brodeen comes back, I feel pretty comfortable with it. Um, you know, I really love Jacob Middleton and Jared Spurgeon. They are top pair for a reason. I think they are they are everything. I think Dumba has stepped up his game a smidge. Not a yeah, lot. I'm not going to give him has. a whole lot of credit, but he really, he has. He's not been as concerning. Um, you know, and I think Kalen Addison, he'll get back there again. I think he still is fighting through the fact that he was a healthy scratch and he's had to refine his game a little bit. Dean and Bill Guerin were very adamant that he needs to be a better two-way player. So I think he's trying to not change too much of the offensive side of what he was, which was the big tout on him. That's what everybody loved about him, but also still play this very defense first game. So I think you'll see him get better but yeah Merrill and Goligoski to me that would be the only concern but again when they're your bottom pair anyway generally speaking it is what it is yeah pending a setback or if Brodeen indeed misses a playoff series completely different conversation like if they didn't have Brodeen to enter the playoffs then I I would be pretty concerned there but to Jess's point I mean if those are your back-end guys and sure they still have to play probably 12 to 13 minutes a night so they can't just not be playing um I'm I'm okay with that I mean the wild this has been their bread and butter right I mean it's been Spurgeon and Brodeen and Dumba's been here forever, and, and the supplement of Jacob Milton last year was a great addition. So not too concerned, but as long as Brodine comes back, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So my thought is this, especially going into the uh, potential playoffs. I think there should be some question about Merrill playing at times. And if you are if you are as hard up as Dean appears to be to continue playing Goose, that I would be comfortable scratching Merrill for Goligoski, I think the decision should come down to those two, um, not Kalen. Kalen brings you enough offense. Now, here's the thing, though, and I was watching it last night again. The Addison fix is not that hard. His defensive zone positioning, his fundamentals are just not great. Um, that needs to be fixed. 
And I think that can be fixed through coaching. Like he allows, he gives up the inside at times. Like there's certain things he just doesn't do with his body. And I know he's not big, but Jared Spurgeon's a small man too. Um, And so, but Kalen Addison brings you a spark offensively. And I mean, good Lord knows you need all the offense you can possibly get here, right? So I actually think that if you have a playoff series and Brodine is back, that a decision should probably come down to Goligoski or Merrill. And it's a, it's like Merrill can't sit. I mean, it's like he is, he oh, no, no, we can't sit him. First of all, I disagree with that. And the other thing is, I think Greenway's gone by Friday. I think Bill Guerin is telling the truth. I think Dumba is now going to be used or is being used as the Wilds' own rental. Um he he obviously means too much internally to trade as well. So Dumba's here. Jesse, I'm with you. I think his play has picked up. I think being scratched, Eureka, being scratched works. Jordan Greenway didn't get scratched. Why not? I have no idea. But I really do think that there should be more of a conversation about should John Merrill play every single game, especially once you get to the playoffs. It is curious. Like, I'm always curious as to the favoritism, and we've talked about this before just even in the press box, like, Dean likes his veteran guys. He likes the guys that have played the game for a while. He likes the guys that have played the old style version of the game as well. Alex Goligoski, namely, is is one. Yeah, and not what John Merrill has done to be in such favor and such high graces amongst the coaching staff because it's and he's not been completely, oh, my God, awful, but there are plenty of nights where I'm like, he should not be playing tonight like there I would rather have Alex Goligoski sometimes than John Merrill out there that's how bottom wrong he has been uh but yeah I mean I think I I would like to see Kalen Addison in there more often than not almost all the time frankly because I still believe that the young defensemen need to work through their mistakes they need to be a part of this game you want Kalen Addison to be a part of your future with the Minnesota Wild so you need to let him continue to play, let him suck for a time or two, because odds are he still brings that offensive upside that John Merrill sure as heck doesn't. So there's that to be considered. Yeah, you just got to take the handcuffs off him and just kind of let him play a little bit and, and understand that there's some risk-reward there right there. That was a lot of the narrative and conversation around Matt Dumba when he first came up. Unfortunately, he kind of saw it bring its ugly head back at the beginning of this season, but he's a young defenseman. He's going to make mistakes, but he also brings a lot of positives when he's on the ice and he quarterbacks a power play, so the I think the last thing you should be doing is penalizing a guy like that just so you can play John Merrill or Alex Goligoski to me. I think that's uh, that's kind of criminal and doesn't. It's not fair to Kalen Addison either. Well, and scratching for a wake up call, in my opinion, is fine. Scratching to forget that the guy is not fine. And with Kalen, they basically just said, "Oh, okay, we've won some games. You're done here," and, and so he couldn't get back in. I have zero problem with you know a healthy scratcher too. It's when it turns into four or five games, you're like, is this smart? And again, Dean has to understand this. I know he loves how this team plays, but you have only, you have an incy-bincy piece of offensive potential here. You can't be, you can't scratch your offensive guys, which leads me to the last point. Ryan Reeves, congratulations. (laughs) His first goal of the season. Great guy. He is a, just a, he is, he is, as they, they say in the sport, a butte. But not only that, he engaged in what, his second or third fight? It might have been a second. Mm-hmm. Big Ross Johnston of the Islanders and and Reeves going toe-to-toe in what was a Judd from his teenage years hockey fight. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Um, but how about that hand-eye coordination? Revo knocking in the green, what, greenway shot, 
mm-hmm. big re- rebound from Sorkin, who's really good. And uh, Reeves comes by, keeps a stick, so it's not a high stick, knocks the puck in. That's that's a nice goal. And Jesse, the best part was when he said he took his kid to a youth hockey game and the little kids were mocking Ryan Reeves saying, I got more points than you. And he said, OK, take that. Mm-hmm. Well, he, told, he told the kid to eat it. He looked straight into the camera and said, so eat, eat it. it. And he was eat like, it. sorry, he was probably eight. I shouldn't be saying that. But <laughs> that guy's great. He's oh. what a personality. And I think you heard that that was the big reason Bill Guerin wanted him in there. Sure, there's the physical aspect of it, but he his personality really shined through yesterday he said yeah you know i'm sure they're happy they traded for a 50 goal scorer when they got me so i'm you know glad i can start i mean he was just very self-deprecating having a good time uh a great goal a great drop pass back to greenway too that was something that i didn't even realize he had some of that awareness once in a while so uh good for him fun for him maybe another goal or two this season could be helpful i mean that goes for not just him everybody on the <laughs> thank you that's not no true. kidding uh and it's just so, it, it's hilarious to me because so many wild fans were just so sick of him when he was with the Knights and the Blues and they hate him. And then all of a sudden, and I remember Judd and I kind of having the same conversation. Like, yeah, he's a pain in the ass, but if he was on your team, you'd love him. And you got wild fans who are just bitching up and down that they can't stand him. And he's such a punk and he's bad for the game. All of a sudden, everyone's a lot quiet when Ryan Reeves is on your team like that. I find that very interesting. The funny thing is he's pretty, he's slow, but he actually has decent hands. I've noticed he can make some plays. Like there are some guys who have hands of stone, right? He actually can, to, to your point, Jesse, the drop pass. And I've seen him make some nice plays. He's behind the play a lot, which makes it tough. Um, but, yeah, and he's going to be, when the playoffs arrive, and I know that there's not fighting, but it's going to be very interesting to see if he plays and how he he's used because somebody's going to have to create some fear to, to open up room for 97. Like, that's the thing. I'm not saying it's got, I'm not saying that you need fights, but – that's a guy that can actually, if a couple of guys are trying to rough up Kaprizov and there's a price to pay, it gets a little bit tougher to complete your assignment of trying to rough up Kaprizov, which I think was as easy as it got for a team like the Blues previously. It shouldn't be as easy now. He has that nice presence. It's funny. I told Ryan Reeves that he had silky mitts. He's like, no, no, no. I've never had that word used with my name before, <laughs> which is probably so there's a first time for everything. No, his presence. You've seen it already since Ryan Reeves has been acquired. It's been a lot quieter around uh, yes. some of this physical players and just his general presence and, and demeanor out there. People don't want to answer that bell necessarily. So between him and Felino, it's a, uh, it's a good, good thing going forward. What would happen if one shift a game, in the playoffs, it was Hartman. No, don't do it. Don't Kaprizov and Revo just abusing everybody else on the ice. <laughs> That's the thing. Kaprizov, Dave thing I love about Kaprizov. He can handle his own. That little tree trunk of legs, you know, he's just, he's a beast. Out there. As Flower said, he's got the huge ass. <laughs> he's got that big ass. <laughs> that reverse hit on Goudreau on Sunday was a butt hit. It's mm-hmm. a great hit. Mm-hmm. He is strong as hell. Jesse, th- thanks much. As always, Judd's Hockey Show. Catch her, as I said at the outset of our show, Bar Down Beauties. Also, read her work, NHL.com on the wild. Declan, why don't you um, give the rest of the particulars, and we'll be done. Yeah, hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment right here on Score North. This is Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, we'll be back if we break down any other big trades. Well, of course, we'll be ready to break down any other wild games as well. So hit that subscribe button to be alerted for anything on Judd's Hockey Show related. And pass, shoot, score. You know, there's no room for petty bull****.